for 25 years. Nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Yeah, that's right, Matt. In the last two hours, we learned that the 62-year-old pop pioneer died of a heart attack while serving a 25-year prison sentence. Baby, bye, 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 bye. Oh, say it ain't so. Lou Pearlman, part three, let's go. Welcome to Fraudsters, where we deep dive into the minds of the greatest con artists of all time. If you're a lion hustling, no good huckster, we're coming for you. I'm your host, Cena Gaznavi, along with Ariel Lieti and Justin Williams. Follow me on Twitter at Cena Now. Follow Justin on Instagram at Justin underscore Williams underscore comedy and on Facebook. He's there, too. You can search for him. Also, are you on LinkedIn, Justin? You should be. Nope. No. <laughs> Follow Ariel Lieti on Twitter <laughs> at Ariel Lieti. Woo! Um, my dad is on LinkedIn, but I I don't mess with him like that. So I'm not is he that. is he also named Justin? No. Okay. <laughs> You're not Justin Williams the second, the third. That's the only reason why I know he's alive. He looked at he looks at my little brother's LinkedIn and my oh. <laughs> can see that he's looked at it. So now I don't be on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Your father kept you from a professional networking app. That's that's really that's sad. Rough. Um, do you want to talk about it? Do you want to open up? About it? No. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Congratulations, uh, you and and to the listeners, to 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 us and to you all listening wherever you are right now. You've made it to the third and final episode of Lou Pearlman's Top Ten Frauds. Wow! In the first step, we covered the helicopter scam, the blimp scam, and the plane scam. <laughs> <laughs> blimps is still just a. This whole series could have just been about the blimps. It's a good yeah. starter scam. It's incredible. I'm sad he never got to a space shuttle scam where he's just <laughs> taking old challengers and trying to fly. <laughs> Celebrities, they're going to want to they're going to go into space. They, they travel from from Miami to L.A. with a, with a spaceship. Who do, who doesn't want that? <laughs> Last episode, we detailed the many many shitty things that he did to the kids that made up his bands, but he didn't stop there. After being sued by every child and young person he ever managed, he decided that scamming money and companionship from cute boys wasn't something he could give up. So Lou went out and found another scam that would put him in contact with the objects of his affection. 
The next fraud is an oldie but a goodie. Sitting at number three is the model scam where you approach awkward teens in the mall and make them think, it's gonna be me. That's right, folks, the talent scout scam. Lou was tired. Years, back-breaking work, walking slowly and into rooms and doing absolutely nothing will really wear on a guy. <laughs> Instead of thinking of a new scam, he decided to acquire one that was already going. In 2002, he purchased Options Talent Group from a convicted con artist, Mark Tolner. <laughs> Can you believe that? Do you think they must have a listserv or some sort of like group chat? Yeah, they probably do. A fraud group chat? I could see that happening. I could see a fraud group chat happening for sure. Oh, Mark's been running this great scam over with the models. Let me go over there. These are the people that brought us Honey Boo Boo Child. Yes. yes. They almost they, brought you me. I almost really? fell for one of these talent scouts. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. This is incredible. Tell us. I mean, I was walking in the mall in New Jersey and they said, hey, girl, would you want to be a model? And I said, yes, I do, please. And so I took their literature and I bought it home to my parents and they said, absolutely not. <laughs> and I said, I hate you, mom and dad. And I never, you never became support a model. Me. They no, never but you are a model, me. though. Now, you? as an adult, but I wanted to be a teen model. <laughs> that would have been way cooler to tell my friends that I was a model. Wait, producer Jordan, I think you had a similar experience. I did. I had the same experience as Ariel did. You wanted um, to, you were at the mall? No, I was in, I think they had an office by Herald Square in Manhattan. And I, yes, like Ariel was minding my own business, walking down the street and had one of these scammer scouts pick me and uh, lure me into their, their office space. And oh there was all God. these other, it, I, I remember like teenagers with their moms sitting on fold out chairs, watching this scam artist video about how Lou's company was going to make you a model. And maybe you had an option to do some singing and dancing or something if you were talented enough. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I can't remember the price point. I think it was something like 12 to $1,500. If you give us your money, we'll make you famous. Oh my God. And uh, I declined, you know, I did think about it. I was young enough that where I was thinking about it. <laughs> And then, and then I decided not to. And, uh, and then they picked me again, like six weeks later, they forgot that they already picked me. They knew what they wanted. Yeah. Yeah. So. When uh, it's, it's a real sad day when the uh, fake Gucci purse salesman in Herald Square is the most honest working guy. <laughs> Does he know what block. you're getting from that guy? Come on. Yeah. You know, you know, honest days work. All right. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you, Ariel, for sharing both of you. Oh, my God. Oh, I can't, I, I, if you've also I feel like I'm going to say this at Fraudsters LPN at Gmail or hit us up on the socials. Were you recruited by Lou Perman's modeling scam? I feel I like thought, we're going to get a lot of inbound. I really thought everyone had been recruited. Yeah. Like, no, but like you're if special. You were a living, breathing teen. You were recruited by them because it's you a were, numbers game, baby. You are a special young woman. Yeah. I think any man who approaches a teen girl at a shopping mall should be arrested. It should be a, a federal crime. It should be. You, you're not allowed to talk to a teenager ever. Yeah, ever. Just don't. Unless it's like, have you seen my child? I don't think. I yeah. <laughs> yeah. Other than that. I didn't know Lou had anything to do with this, though. So I, I'm even more disgusted.
Yeah. So this we we just went over this a little bit, but, the, you know, wannabe models were scouted in public spaces and invited to show up to casting calls that were in reality a massive sales pitch presentation. These wannabe models had a glimpse into the glamorous world of modeling. And then they were asked to spend a thousand to two thousand dollars on a promotional package. Of course, you got to spend money to make money, buddy. That's what my dad always said. He didn't say buddy, but I added that. Mm, that were so these were promised by top talent agents they were going to get these young people work they were going to get a high dollar work and be placed in some of the top fashion magazines basically ends up being glamour shots for 10 times the price with the additional pain of having to face the reality that you are not in fact pretty enough to be a model Ugh, no that's sad well look i i do have to make a confession this didn't happen to me but my best friend ended up giving them 800 plus dollars. And those photos are hanging in her parents' house. Still. <laughs> she never became a, an actual model, but she does have those really expensive glamour shots posted all up and through her parents' house. That's beautiful. Well, look at that. Yeah. You know? So it was worth something, I guess. That's sentimental. That's beautiful. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> they're so creepy and just funny to me, like a child's glamour shot where, you know, they've like made up a child and the child is like trying to be like like a surly seasoned woman. Yeah, but it's, it's just a it's just a 12 year old face. It's pretty so, funny. She's like 16, has braces and is leaning against a tree. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's one of those. <laughs> I, I use those photos uh, for like comedy show posters all the time because they're just they're like hysterical. <laughs> so, you know, what's funny about this, though, too, is that it wasn't just in New Jersey. It wasn't just in Herald Square. It was nationwide, which, of course, invited a lot of scrutiny. The company got a would you believe it? A poor rating from the Better Business Bureau. What? Who decided a, quote, pattern of complaints concerning misrepresentation and selling practices. Interesting. Perlman's, though, wasn't the only company pulling the scam at the time, but this one got big. This was the big one. At one point, the company was affiliated with the Wilhelmina Modeling Agency, which is apparently a legitimate modeling place. Ariel, do you know about this place? I, I do. Know. They're big time. Wilhelmina. They're, they're like the big one, right? That's who, who you wanted to be associated with. Got it. Are you associated with them? Oh, no. I'm just, I'm on a podcast. Okay. Dear <laughs> Wilhelmina Modeling Agency, we've got top tier <laughs> talent for you. We She has paid us $1,500 to do glamour shots. We they can send them to you. 100% be like, she is too old. To send <laughs> send us a 16 year old. Thank you. I'm Moonlight as a Ford model. Yeah. <laughs> Man. So these, so these types of scans are so prolific and, and so common the, that there are an actual category called photo mill scams. And the New York State Consumer Protection Board has said that Perlman's was the largest example that they had found. San Francisco's labor commissioner found it had violated California law. In Florida, where the company was based, around 2,000 complaints were filed. But the then attorney general and soon to be worst governor in Florida history, Charlie Chris found no cause to pursue legal action after a brief investigation. This is this is going to come back later. It's crazy. Not for nothing. Perlman had previously donated $10,000 to Charlie Chris's campaign. Not sure if he kept giving him that flow, but either way, since Chris doesn't pursue legal action, Perlman now has grounds to sue people for defamation. 
So all these complaints are coming in. All these lawsuits are coming in. They're like, this man's lying to me. He cheated me in Florida, right? Charlie Chris says, it's actually not a scam. I'm not going to prosecute. You know, they didn't make a judgment, but they just said, we're not going to prosecute, which actually gives standing for Perlman to pursue legal action, which is insane. It's like R. Kelly after his first trial yelling, I'm innocent. Yeah. And anyone who said anything, yeah. Talking about my fucking life here. I mean, full steam ahead. Also in 2002, he buys this old antique tourist trap in downtown Orlando called Church Street Station. The allotment was a four-acre, 200,000-square-foot complex decorated with hand-carved wood, chandeliers, fountains, a glass elevator, and authentic antique aviation hanging from the ceiling of its main building. Lou wanted to turn the gaudy lot into the headquarters for all things transcontinental. And like any good fraudster, guys, he got the local government in Orlando to give him $1.5 million in loans to be repaid over 14 years and 500 parking spaces if he redeveloped the Church Street space. Perlman was even handed the key to the city in a public ceremony. What? I love Florida because, yeah, Florida, you have all these places that are redeveloping and taking in these people. So it is just like, it's like, are you a failed coup leader from Latin America? Fly to Florida. It's just like, it's it's like, it is now like the wild, wild west of this kind of stuff. Perlman got the fucking key to the city. Can you imagine that ceremony? You're one of these young people that got scammed by him or you're one of the boy bands and Lou Perlman's up there. I couldn't find any footage of it. I couldn't find any like video of it. I even went on newspaper.com and like, you know, they usually have a good like archive there, but I did find a picture of it because when he went into eventual bankruptcy, they auctioned it off. (laughs) And so here's the yikes. It's just like a business card and a key. Yeah. But this was tough times for Orlando in 2002 as far as key to the city owners because Shaquille O'Neal had left for the Lakers at this point. Oh, no. Yeah, so they have to give the key to somebody. Louis J. Perlman. On his 50th 50th birthday. birthday. Oh, my God. Look at that. Key to the city. Imagine. Look at that. Ah, It's so crazy. Check it out in the video. We'll we'll drop a clip of this. It's gross, people. So Perlman, at this point, arguably, is still crushing it. But, you know, when things are doing really well, that's a perfect time for everything to go wrong. It's like right when you get to like 45 minutes into Johnny Depp's blow, everything kind of turns. That's usually when I turn it off. I usually <laughs> to watch the first 45 minutes and I'm like, this is good. I like the party. I'm going to I'm going to keep it moving. I thought you were talking about actual cocaine with Johnny Depp. Well, sure. I, I, uh, listen, I'm, I want to be honest here. Yeah. I do cocaine with Johnny Depp all the time. <laughs> I was like, I don't know how famous Cena is. <laughs> That's right. That's right. He's going to jump on this Zoom recording in any minute now. <laughs> Say what's up. <laughs> well, with a giant hat and glasses <laughs> and a, a crocheted scarf. It would be funny to do blow with Johnny Depp up and just watch the first 45 minutes of blow and him just be like, no, 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 turn it off. Turn it off. It's good. He's like, I'm not proud of this. (laughs) I wanted to end the movie right here, but they said they have to have an act two and three. Anyways. Okay. So that's happening. He gets the key to the city. He, everything's going well. It's the, you know, peak climax of the movie blow. And then Donna Wright, the former manager that helped put together NSYNC, sues him for six figures for actually being the one making the band 
all those lawsuits that the boy band sent, you know, about the contracts and everything, all of a sudden those are now public. A former band member of his lesser known group, Take Five, sued for child labor violations, but it got dismissed. Still the headlines out there. So things are going down. And then those defamation suits that I talked about earlier, they didn't work out. One of them countersued and won, but get this, to avoid paying the judgment, he moved his money from Options Talent Modeling Agency to a new company and then files for bankruptcy. So because the company got sued, he gets away. And so when I was reading, when I was reading about all this, you like kind of see this timeline. All I thought about was um, was the, was this scene. So he's like, I, I could just imagine he gets through. He like moves the money around. He like bet, puts the money like the puts the company into bankruptcy. And he's like, fuck yeah, I got them. And then I thought of this: King Kong ain't got shit on me. <laughs> Happy Black History Month! Yay! <laughs> I know, I know. This is the way I threaten my son with uh, <laughs> I'm the police. With early bedtime. <laughs> 23 hour lockdown. <laughs> Who do you think you're fucking with? <laughs> <laughs> All right, on that note, we'll be right back after this. Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. For 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. All right, welcome back. You know how I mentioned Take 5 and earlier? You know, I love to like go down a little bit of a rabbit hole. And I was looking at one of their music videos and it was pretty typical. But then at the end, it got very interesting. So I wanted to play it just real quick. So here's the here's the beginning of their, they're doing a little show here. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
All right. Five lacrosse boys. They're not lacrosse. They're hip hop. They got. They're wearing baggy um, t-shirts and baggy overalls. Yeah, and the ice yeah. tips. That's right. Yeah, but pretty typical, right? Five guys, and then I went to the end. What the, happens at the end? We'll go ahead. And go. I'm scared. Wait, the end. Yeah. Oh. Take five, guys. How are you? You're okay? Steven is after. Steven, our Pop Rocky Young winner. Wie sich das gehört für eine neue Boy Group in Orlando, müssen Sie sich erstmal vorstellen. Introduce yourself. I'm TJ, I'm 14. What's up? I'm Ryan, 17. How you doing? I'm Tilky, I'm 16. Tilky. What's up? I'm Stevie, I'm 15. Hey, I'm Clay and I'm 14. That's the one that's super um, child and, labor. Um, einer von euch, Ryan, you speak German. I think he speaks a little bit of Deutsch. How is it Deutschland? Is that all? Uh, I know a little more. I love it. Thank you, good Ah, both again, Mugen Krugen. They're just like, yeah, uh, ask the guys, they speak German. You can ask them whatever you want. I want to wish David Hasselhoff to everybody out there. And then these guys are now talking about opening for Aaron Carter. Oh, cute. Good for them. Aaron Carter, you. <laughs> Probably Aaron. But the guys have unwahrscheinlich viele fans. And Steven, stell dich mal hin. Machen wir mal ein schönes Fötterli. We don't understand you. Yeah, we don't know what's going on. <laughs> also, for the, uh, the listeners, the man that hosts this show is 50 years old and he has <laughs> dyed his hair bleach blonde and he is dressed like a member, a sixth member of the boy band. Yeah. A it lot is, is happening. It is all stuff that He's, in retrospect should tell us everything. Can we look yeah. at the German the German news? When did this guy go to jail? Yeah, he <laughs> He's wearing long shorts, like those long shorts that are almost capris. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Do you remember yeah. that time in 1998? Yeah. yeah. It was such a like a boring music video. And then the end. And then I was like, this is incredible. Yeah, that then, really that cinched oh, it for me. That did it. All right. Well, this brings us to the biggest fraud Lou Perlman's ever done the largest Ponzi scheme in American history. Of course, at this time, we had not exposed Bernie Madoff yet. So whose Ponzi scheme was obviously way bigger. But for a brief moment in time, Lou Perlman was the biggest fraudster in America. Which brings us to the penultimate fraud of the countdown. You heard a tale of it throughout this three-episode deep dive, but the scope of this last scheme wasn't fully realized until the end of Lou's professional story. Lou was operating the single biggest Ponzi scheme in American history. The full explanation is here at number two, All I Have to Give. Okay, so when Lou's deception was uncovered in 2007, Madoff's wouldn't be revealed for nearly two more years. For almost two beautiful years, Lou was on top, even in crime. Both Madoff and Perlman started their Ponzi schemes at the same time they started their first businesses. Getting investors was something Lou Perlman was a genius at. Paying them back, though, was never part of the plan. From his first helicopter business, he was already lying about assets and tricking people into giving him money. To blimps and insurance fraud and illegal contracts that should never have been signed, Lou was connected to the right people, and the right people were the ones that kept giving him money. 
And those people were also the ones chasing clout. So it was this beautiful cycle that kept happening for Lou. He couldn't lose. But by the end, Lou Perlman had built investors out of more than a billion dollars. 300 million of that was still missing. Transcon Records, Transcon Airlines, Transcontinental International, all fictitious companies existing only on paper. But unlike Bernie Madoff, who never actually invested the dime of his money in his Ponzi scheme operation, Lou Pearlman's bands were actually a success and they were raking in huge sums of money. Lou Pearlman actually had the opportunity to pivot into a legitimate business and pay back his investors. But that was never an option because Pearlman's greed was too much. Instead of going legit, he doubled down on the fraud, using the success of his boy bands to further the scheme and entice yet more investors to throw their money down his greedy gullet. It wasn't just the people he surrounded himself with and the boy band success that convinced people to lose money. Perlman used a falsified FDIC, Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation certificate, AIG and Lloyds of London documents to win investors confidence in his program titled Employee Investment Savings Account. And he used fake financial statements created by the fictitious accounting from Cohen and Siegel to secure the bank loans. So he made up a fake accounting company, guys. They tell you to do this on TikTok now. What? Start fake companies and defraud the banks. Is that right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love, it. I love yeah. that get, get, getting indicted is like a popular part of the internet now. Yes, it is. is. <laughs> it, it, it's a real kind of, uh, of insidiousness that he named the accounting firm Cohen and Siegel. I just want to say that it's like kind of fucked up. I don't like it. It's, it's, yeah, it, it's a Jewish guy playing into like sort of kind of anti-Semitic positive stereotyping, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. It, I mean, uh, you know, but if they would have named it Williams and Leati, I don't think I mean, it's no, it would have been flagged, <laughs> yeah, it nope, been flagged nope. immediately. Nobody's giving any money to that. <laughs> Williams. <laughs> Leati, they uh, can be confused. This shit is by, fucked up, Williams man. would be confusing. Uh, check with my accountant, Shaka Zulu and Associates. <laughs> <laughs> We, I don't, we don't feel comfortable investing there. We're, <laughs> we're comfortable with all the teen children that you have around you, but oh, Shaka Zulu and Associates as an accountant, we feel it's just too far. Uh, in fact, one of the earliest fabrications of his businesses occurred in the initial brochure for Transcon. The plane with Lou's logo that adorned the cover was suspiciously missing a tail because it was one of Alan Gross's model airplanes and loose sticky fingers were holding it up in the picture. <laughs> he never owned any planes. Even the one he rode around the world was rented. Can you do that? Mm. Can we rent, can we rent a fraudster's plane and just pretend I feel like if you it? could rent an apartment, already, you could rent a I already, plane. I already did. We already have one. Yeah. It exists. Yeah. Okay, yeah we have one. Okay. You can fly it. If, if we get a million people to listen to this show, we'll give free rides on the fraudster's private airplane. Ooh. Like that. like Spirit Airline, but we just put fraudsters on the side. <laughs> just smack fraudsters on the side of it. We could just spray paint it on a Spirit Airlines plane. I they wouldn't notice. Would notice. They wouldn't know. Yeah, they wouldn't know. They would have no idea. <laughs> okay, so what was his rosebud? What was this thing? And I want to go back to the thing I just mentioned. It's the employee investment savings account. And it all built was built around this Transcon, the brand, right? This company is the centerpiece, the hub that everything flowed through. It's where he scammed investors and even his own employees. And here's the thing about it. And this is what it reminded me of. The Freedman's Bank. Justin, you remember Freedman's Bank, of course, from, from I think season one or two, whatever it was. 
Yes, and the birth of uh, America's ongoing debt towards it, my people. Yeah, mm. exactly. They scammed all these newly free slaves. They said you could just put your money in this uh, savings account and it'll be safe. And that's what he did to these employees. He said it offered uh, slightly better returns than the traditional savings account. And it's simple. Reinvest in Lou. Lou makes you more money and you can't stop Lou. But he wasn't getting enough people into this little scam. So he started expanding it to the public. Lou targeted older retirees, of which, of course, there were plenty in Southern Florida. Yeah. So remember, this scam was running since the beginning. So all the stuff we were talking about with the boy bands, with the planes and with all these other modeling, he's consistently running this employee investment savings account scam through Transcon. I can say as somebody who's trying to open a single business, <laughs> a yeah. single legitimate business, like how yeah. much paperwork and reviews and all this stuff that goes on through it. I, I will say uh, I am just astounded at the tenacity of someone to be able to keep this many frauds going. What I, what I started, Zero Cool, like the number of letters I got from the state of New York that were like, we're going to close your business right now. You didn't fill out this paperwork. Like you don't have yeah. like this unemployment certificate. And then when I called, they were like, oh, you're missing a digit. That was literally the reason. They're like, you're missing one digit from it. And I was like, okay. That's yeah. just like, you. I was about to cry every time. They're like, you're, you're done. You're toast. And this guy had so many businesses running in a, a very complex scam. Yeah. That's why I'll never open a business because I don't like paperwork. There you go. Uh, I refuse. Yeah. Too much. Too much red tape, too much paperwork. But this man, nope, he did it. Especially because he has to keep all the other sub, like there's sub parts of the scam he has to keep running. So he has to like be the fake accountant. <laughs> like even running yeah. a business is hard when you have to deal with a real accountant and a real lawyer. He's created accounting firms and law firms and financial yeah. firms as, as part of this that he has to keep going. He's like faking letterhead. I mean, it's crazy. The, the fake FDIC certificate are like incredible. What the fuck? <laughs> but in the 90s, though, Lou was getting sloppy. In March of 1999, the registration for his Delaware Incorporated Corporation, Transcontinental Airlines, expires. Literally, honestly, this is the easiest thing you can do. And it just shows how much of a mess he was. He never bothered to renew it. Lloyds of London wrote a public letter clearing their name and stating that they had never insured anything under the Transcon name. So Lou falsified more documentation trying to prove them wrong. In 2001, quote, mega successful Lou Perlman filed his taxes claiming a $3 million loss on the year. He would never file taxes again. He's filing. I can't believe he's even filing taxes. I would just, that's more paperwork. There's <laughs> more evidence. <laughs> more evidence. He's crazy. This man crazy. Also in 2001, the FDIC opened an investigation into these uh, employee investment savings accounts. He wiggled and was able to put them off for two more years. In 2003, though, on the backs of more complaints, they hit up Lou again. But his lawyer said he stopped taking those investments two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> the old, these are not the droids you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, that was a lie. So in 2003 alone, Lou had taken almost $15 million from new investors. The Ponzi scheme had literally never slowed down. 
He was taking in so much money that in 2004, he was able to pay back, get this, $40 million to the early investors. The fucking Ponzi scheme still worked. But of course, it was coming to an end. Mind you, we're like touching closely on the financial collapse here. So everything is overheated in the market. Everyone's making and like printing money. Their businesses are doing well. Everyone, it's just all fake. And especially in Florida with the real estate thing that was going to go down, it shit is crazy. But in 2005, the estate of one of Lou's largest cash cows sent a lawyer named Edwin Brooks to Orlando to look through Perlman's records. Obviously, he discovered the Ponzi scheme. Lou offered him $2 million to go away. The lawyer countered with $9 million and no deal was made. Lou couldn't part with $9 million, even if it meant he could get away with this scam for a few more years. <laughs> Brooks, of course, discovered that Perlman was using this fake accounting firm and he was using Cohen and Siegel, the fake accounting firm, to verify almost all of his official documentation for decades. The documents included the forged signature of Harry Milner. You guys remember Harry Milner? No? No, you don't remember him? It's Lou's friend from Chicago <laughs> who was dead for two years. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh... <laughs> oh, God. Oh, it's so good. In 2004, the first bank sued to recover their assets. By 2006, a lot of banks had started suing. Okay? And so Lou did what he did best and started moving money around trying to hide it in his other businesses and a bunch of overseas accounts. I think he could probably just do a series on the network of companies that he had. The feds were closing in. Lou, of course, was acting like everything was okay. But sad news here. In 2006, very Enron-esque, Frank Vasquez, a transcon executive, committed suicide by climbing into his Porsche in his closed garage and succumbing to carbon monoxide poisoning. Nice. 2007, Lou didn't even try to pay anyone back. Banks foreclosed, assets were seized. By the way, it took until February of 2007 for Florida regulators to announce that Perlman's Transcon savings program was indeed a massive fraud, and the state took possession of the company. Moreover, Charlie Crist got sued by people because he didn't act earlier. It's insane. Most of the at least $95 million collected from investors were gone. Orange County Circuit Court Judge Rene Roche ordered Perlman and his two associates, Robert Fischetti and Michael Crudell, to repatriate or bring back, quote, any assets taken abroad which were derived from illegal transactions, which is basically everything, folks. The FBI raids Perlman's offices and homes, transcon files for bankruptcy, but get this, Lou Perlman? Missing. Lou on the run. Oh, I was reading that as Lou on the run. <laughs> yeah. Lou on, on the, the run. run. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the feds finally catch Lou when we come back. For 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all handpicked from family farms. 
then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Saving money on everything for your projects. Now at Menards. We have it all for garden and landscaping essentials. Visit our outdoor garden center today and update your backyard space. Grid accents lattice panels have a timeless design with an innovative design that's simple to install and requires almost no maintenance. Save big on lattice panel options at Menards. View our entire selection of garden center products today on Menards.com. Save big money at Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule, so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Welcome back and the number one fraud of the week. It's hard to follow the last song, of course, but this is the perfect way to close out the show. The top of the pops, Big Papa, that is, escapes. Perlman says to the feds, Arrivederci, ciao, aloha. That's right, at number one, it's Bye 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 from NSYNC. Although they couldn't find him, Lou was still trying to scam more money. He sued banks, individuals, and even his own company. He sent letters to the press touting his innocence and business acumen doing all this while he was on the run, figuratively, of course. He traveled to Germany, to Madrid, to Panama, and Singapore, Hong Kong, and then Bali. This is my favorite part, guys. It's also kind of dumb, because he's just going, like, he just goes on this long vacation. It's just like, just go to the one country with no extradition agreement. Venezuela's fine. Go to Venezuela. Yeah. Yeah. So Lou's living on a resort in Bali. Um, Listen, uh, not for nothing. Come on. You stick out in Bali. I'm sorry. You are very obvious. And then he registered his name, though. God, this is like a comedy sketch. Is that true? He registered at the hotel under the name A. Incognito Johnson. Is this made up? (laughs) Is this part made up? No, this is real. You can tell me. See, this part is made up. No, oh, this is... My name is A. Incognito Johnson. <laughs> Did he think... Winks the... a couple times before he signs in. <laughs> wink, 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 wink. He, wink. like, turns co- to his friend like, this is my my partner, and it's just, like, three Muppet babies in a brown <laughs> trench coat. <laughs> He's wearing, like, the mustache, nose, glasses combo. I come from a long line of Incognito Johnsons. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like my next rap name. Incognito Johnson. You got to get that Incognito Johnson when you're in Bali. Get that Incognito Johnson. That's the best way when you're getting your groove back on vacation. So while he's sunbathing one day, he's minding his own business, trying to be just a normal Incognito Johnson. A German tourist spots him. 
snaps a picture and sends it to the authorities. What does he think? I I'm I'm upset. <laughs> How does Tell he me think he's it. gonna get away with looking like he does and going to all these places? He's a larger American gentleman. Yeah. And he's gone to Hong Kong, Bali, Madrid, <laughs> Singapore, Germany. You don't look like any of them. You, you are going to be spotted. And your yeah. name is A Incognito Johnson. <laughs> like the most suspicious name. <laughs> I just don't understand. But you know the I, Russian, the, you know the German who took a picture of him. It was actually that guy from uh, that show. He's actually the reason why he was wearing the platinum hair yeah. and the suit to look like the boy band. He's actually uh, one of the, <laughs> the best intelligence agents in yeah. the world. <laughs> he was a spy. Yeah. Oh no. I've got I should have known. <laughs> I've got you now. So within hours, Lou was, of course, captured and sent to Guam, where he was indicted on bank and wire fraud charges. We all know if you listen to the show, I don't need to talk about wire fraud, but that's obvious. By the time the feds caught him, it was estimated that Lou Perlman was juggling 84 businesses. Oh, my God. <laughs> Justin, 84. <laughs> yeah. There's so many. This- just let that sink in, people. If any of you are even if you're just working at a business, imagine timesing it by 84 and it all being fake and you're all running it all and there's no accounting firm and you're just doing everything. You're, I mean, what? I know, wow. You know what? I know, I know he was high, working hard. And no high achieving immigrants. We don't want any messages from you going only 84 jobs. <laughs> 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 yeah. So Lou, Lou pled guilty in his own words and said the jig was officially up. Five days before his sentencing in May of 2008, Perlman requested a telephone and an internet connection two days a week to continue to promote bands. He's just a hard worker, that's all. He's a hustler, yeah, he just, you know, he cares about the game. Federal Judge G. Kendall Sharp of the U.S. District Court for Middle District of Florida rejected the request, of course. Sharp sentenced Perlman to 25 years in prison on charges of conspiracy, money laundering, and making false statements during a bankruptcy proceeding. Perlman could reduce his prison time by one month for every million dollars he helped bankruptcy trustee recover. So of the 300 million, he could knock off a month. He was also ordered individual investors to be paid before institutions in distributing any eventual assets. This is super important. And I think a great job from the judge. A lot of times when people go into bankruptcy or people get paid back, institutions get seniority in the payback, whether it's bankruptcy or other things, and then individual investors are last. So this is something that a judge can just do, which is fantastic, but not a lot of these people got any amount of money back. If they invested millions of dollars, some of them just got a fraction of that. So it wouldn't be enough to ever grant his freedom though. Lou Perlman died in prison from complications after surgery, same way his mom died in 2016 at the age of 62. Well, he helped shoot a lot of popular boy bands to start up. But Lou Pearlman is known for much more than that. Back in 2009, he was convicted in a Ponzi scheme. News 6 reporter Nadine Yanish joins us live from Pearlman's former headquarters at Church Street Station in Orlando. And Nadine, we just found out how Pearlman died. 
Yeah, that's right, Matt. In the last two hours, we learned that the 62-year-old pop pioneer died of a heart attack while serving a 25-year prison sentence. But he spent a good portion of his life right here in Orlando, working out of this building, like you said, Church Street Station, which is where he built the mega bands like Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. But it's also where he built a mega Ponzi scheme, one that we learned has many people in Central Florida today still struggling. I represented um, over 90 uh, grandmas and grandpas who were victims of his Ponzi fraud scheme. Orlando lawyer Roy Colbert remembers the decade-old case like it was yesterday. I got a call from uh, someone who said, Roy, we'd like you to represent our, our, our grandmother. And uh, she lost $7,000. Uh, how do you do a federal case over $7,000? Well, she tells her condo friends and all of a sudden I have three or four of them. That number turned into 90 people from right here in Central Florida who were swindled in Lou Pearlman's Ponzi scheme. He convinced uh, your grandma or grandpa to put their life savings in one of his companies and promised returns of only five to eight percent. And he would cut and paste uh, Lloyd's of London or FDIC insured on the bottom of these statements and those statements were all false. The total loss for his clients, nearly $40 million, getting back only pennies to the dollar once Perlman was arrested. Cobert saying it ruined many of their lives. Many of them had to go back to work or move back in with their children afterwards. Well, how many elderly people do you see who say, do you want fries with that, or hand you a cart at Walmart? Several of those people are former Lou Perlman victims. Those victims calling Cobert's office this weekend after finding out Perlman had died. The only reaction I've heard is numb. Uh, they'd rather him be there longer and suffer the pain they're suffering today. Wow. I didn't I know totally about agree any with of this. That. I didn't realize Lou yeah. Perlman was the the plot of Better Call Saul. Shit. That's yeah, crazy. He is complete and utter fraudster. Wow. He ended his life. Uh, you remember the scene in Boogie Nights, the one guy where the guy's like, "Stop crying." Yeah, you know that. Yeah, that's that's how Lou Pearlman probably. <laughs> no, maybe Lou Pearlman went to like white collar jail, right? To where it wasn't so bad. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, but you know, one of the things that was part of his uh, restitution is like he got a month off his sentence for every million dollars that he returned, and mm -hmm. so he had three million, three hundred million dollars. Uh, that he owed, and I don't know how far he got before he died. But I mean, that guy, what wow. a garbage person. I knew he was like bad, say, but Jesus. Um, yeah, he showed a lot of age versatility. He's like, yeah. now that I've exploited children, now I'm going to go to the elderly. It's like now his like location in Orlando kind of makes sense. Yeah. It does. And I think, you know, there's a um, there's a part of this where it was there's like a savvy, like seasoned fraudster move here where he didn't promise 100 percent returns like Charles Ponzi did. He, he promised five to eight, just enough to wet his beak from everyone and, and make them think that this was real. And then obviously copying and pasting the FDIC. That is just it's bananas that he mm -hmm. did that. I mean, that takes I mean, that he probably did that himself. That's the that's the crazy part. Trustees and lenders intended to auction off Perlman's assets and personal belongings, including a mansion full of well-known works of art and priceless memorabilia. They quickly discovered the art and memorabilia were mostly fake. What could be sold was <laughs> auctioned off through eBay and a traditional bankruptcy auction house. Oh, my God.
Church Street Station, a historic train station in downtown Orlando that Perlman had purchased in 2002, was sold at bankruptcy in auction in April 2007 for 34 million bucks. Several of Perlman's belongings, including his college degrees, were purchased by the AV Club journalist and film critic Nathan Rabin during the eBay auction. Oh, my God. Guys. Why would you want Lou Perlman's college degree? <laughs> Why not? This is not real. You have a dinner party. They're like, what's that on the wall? It's like, you know, Lou Perlman. That's his, that's his college diploma. You know, He's, I'm a collector. Yeah. It's a lot of disposable <laughs> income in this country. Yeah. <laughs> How do we feel? How do we feel? Ariel, this, this, I know this whole series hit close to home for you. It was great for me. I love to hear about um, boy bands. I love like pop culture stuff. So this is my my jam. Uh, I did not realize he did all. Of, like I didn't realize how much of a terrorist he was uh, until this podcast. So thank you guys. Yeah. All I knew is that he did boy band stuff and that he defrauded them out of money. I didn't realize like the extent of the modeling thing. I was almost caught up in his web. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. So I'm hurt, but also glad he's dead. <laughs> There's a funny clip. They took it down off of YouTube. It's uh, it's Jack Nicholson reacts to Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker. And it's just him from Batman going, I'm glad you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I'm glad you're dead. <laughs> All right. Next week, we're going to talk about Theranos, but it's not Liz Holmes. We're actually going to talk about Sonny Balwani. Because you could find everything you want about Liz Holmes. But do you know about Sonny? It's always Sonny and Balwani. That's what we're going to call this next one. (laughs) Thanks, everyone, for listening to Fraudsters. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Check out the show notes for this show's social media links so you can follow us and see the resources we used for this episode. Fraudsters is hosted by me, Sina Gazdami, Justin Williams, and Ariel Lieti. Producer is Jordan Aconcia. Production coordinator is Noreen Malek. Editor is Ryan Connor. Our writer is Nick Turner. Our researcher is Emily Fusco. Music by Grant Gordon. Executive producer is me, Cena Gaznavi. And this has been a production of Zero Cool and The Last Podcast Network. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix.